welcome back guys thank you for tuning with us on our next episode of setting our thoughts captive my name is chitis my name is detoin and we welcome you back where we discuss and look at different topics different events through the lens of scripture and the reason why we look at different things and topics through the lens of scripture is because we believe that scripture is the word of god we believe that it is our authority it is an absolute truth and no matter what situation and issues that we face in life scripture is our solution it is sufficient to deal with everything that pertains to life that is honoring to god and so that is why we look at different topics and different events through the scripture yeah yeah and so you know last week we talked about jesus being the only way mm-hmm. right and and you know this week yesterday actually it reminded me of that podcast because i listened to this prayer of this guy who's i don't know if he's a pastor or a priest i don't know what he is to be honest i don't even know if he's a believer at this point to be <laughs> honest but he prayed the prayer and it was going well until in the end he says i pray in the name of the collective faith in the name of our collective faith mm. amen and so i was like i was baffled mm-hmm. and we look back at our podcast last week if jesus is not the only way if there is any other way they either just is a liar he's not god mm-hmm. right and he devalues everything that he has done and for a, for a christian to think that there is another way i think i think that that tells us that you know god's way is not the best because there's another way because god's way was jesus mm-hmm. and then secondly it just it just devalues what he has done we were really questioning that you know maybe god is not right or maybe god is not perfect and and so when that person really prayed in that manner it just baffled me hmm. it just baffled me but yeah i wish i had said this uh when we talked about christ being the only way in the, mm-hmm. the last episode uh, but i i was reminded of this when i talked to uh, tim and tim was telling me how uh he brought up when jesus was in the garden yeah and praying and he's like if there be another way let this cup pass from me mm. you know yeah. but nevertheless your will be done it's like there was no other way there is no other way you know so yeah. like you said is to say there's another way is just to deny the way that god has given but you know even jesus prayed if there is another way right but he came to the conclusion that it was there it was, was no other mm-hmm. way that was the only way yeah. for it to happen yeah and he willingly submitted to it right right and so you know like I don't want to fall into this temptation in thinking that if God's action was not the best course of action. Mm. Like we don't know his thought is not our thought. His his ways are not our ways. His way above and way higher mm. than ours. So mm-hmm. it's it's it needs to be said that you know we don't want to want to fall into that temptation. So when when that prayer when I listened to that prayer I was like man what a what a joke. What a mm. joke. <laughs> said that the topic that we want to talk about today is Jesus is the only way and he died on the cross we want to tackle through the scripture the question whom did Jesus die for mm. right because if Jesus died whom did he die for mm. yeah and and i think that 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 is a great theological question and and, and a lot of eternal things hang over that question mm-hmm. right but before we jump into that question let's let's um present a foundation why did jesus have to die spring the foundation of the question why did jesus have to die before we jump into our question whom did jesus die for okay all right where do we begin <laughs> we begin <laughs> we begin with uh the gospel yeah um you know it's through the gospel that we see that we are sinners mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. we've broken god's law the mm-hmm. bible says all have fallen short of the mm-hmm. glory of god so we were created for the glory of god um but we fallen short of that and and we fallen short of that because we're sinful absolutely um so absolutely. the the laws of god we've broken mm-hmm. um and the laws of god are holy and righteous mm-hmm. and so god's standard is holiness and righteousness and mm-hmm. we fall short of we that fall short of that um again because we're sinful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that sin that we have um committed that sin that we're um essentially drowning in mm-hmm. uh has separated us from God. Mm-hmm. 
and a holy God has to punish sin. Yeah. Right. A holy judge cannot pardon sinners. Right. Cannot pardon sin. And so we understand that God is holy and God is also just. And because He's holy and just, He has to punish every sin. So that that is the dilemma. We are uh, deep down sinful human beings and we commit sin. We're not only born in sin, but we also sin in our action, in our thoughts and everything. And our sin is against this holy God. Yeah, and I, and I think the other way we should also look at it, or a better way maybe to phrase it is God can't, God won't overlook sin. Mm-hmm. He won't overlook it. He won't. Um, because he's, like you said, he's righteous. If, if, we, if we consider a judge, um, someone commits murder, they're brought before the judge, um, and the judge says, you know what, I, I know you've did this in the past, but you haven't done it um, since it happened, or you've changed your life and you've become a better person. Mm-hmm. It's not on the basis of that. No. The crime that you committed has still been done. Right. And it would be unjust, it would not be uh, justice uh, if I were to let you go without punishing the crime. Right. right. If you were to overlook it. And, mm-hmm. and the punishment that God has declared for sinners is for the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. And that's not only physical death. Yes, the physical death is the result of sinfulness, but it's also eternal separation. The spiritual death is mm-hmm. what, what the Bible calls it, right? Yeah. And so, you know, oftentimes we think that, you know, death is natural, but when we really look at it, it's not really natural. Mm-hmm. It's actually supernatural. It's the result of sin yeah. that is present in our life. And Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. And the dilemma is that many people think that if they leave, if they turn their life, like what you mentioned, if they turn their life to good, and if they, if they start doing good works, and if their good works outweigh their bad works, then there is a chance for them to redeem themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the dilemma I think that many of the other worldviews view, or many of the other worldviews talk about or believe about. But you know, when I look at God's holiness, a whole life of obedience marked with just one simple, small, sinful deserves an eternal condemnation because that is how holy he is. Mm. And compared to his holiness, like like book of Isaiah says, all our righteousness are filthy rags. Mm. Right. So compared to that, so there is no good works, no amount of good works that we can really perform or do to match the absolute perfection that God requires to be in the presence of His holiness. Yeah, and I, and I think that's hard for us to grasp, mm-hmm. just as human beings, uh, because we've we've never seen anything that's perfect. Mm. We've never experienced anything perfect. Yeah. You know, um, if I was to give you an example, I guess, like, we could take people, right? Parents. Mm-hmm. You know, our parents have made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um you know, maybe they disciplined us out of anger at one point. Maybe, um, you know, when they were disciplining us, uh, they thought we did something that we actually didn't do. You know, so then we were punished for something that wasn't something that we didn't do. Or if we just take, if we move past relationships with people, let's just look at the things that man has created. Mm. You know, um, anything that man has designed has either been approved upon right so you know these cameras that we're using right now at one point uh they were just film cameras and there's something to be said about film cameras (laughs) uh, with their their latitude but um, but like constantly trying to improve and make things better you know if something is perfect there's no need to make anything else from it or Mm. there's no need to make a new one to improve upon it you Mm -hmm. can't improve on perfect Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we we have no idea um what perfect really means Means. yeah yeah so when it comes to god's law and god's holiness and righteousness that's why i think we we kind of accept the idea that our good deeds mm-hmm. can outweigh our bad deeds, yeah. you know. But God says, no, you must be perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why the other part of the gospel where Jesus comes in. Yeah. So we're sinful, we've fallen, 
But then here comes Christ mm -hmm. who fulfilled the law right. perfectly. Right, right. And, and, you know, the word perfect not only means that you do good, the word perfect is the absence of anything bad, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so there, if there, even if there's a one single hint of bad, then you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we look at Christ because mm -hmm. there, is, there is no one perfect. And if there's no perfect, there is sin involved, and that, then it deserves death, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we all deserve. And so if God was to really send all of us to this eternal separation of hell, the death, spiritual death that, that, that He is going to rightfully judge, then all we can say is that He is a righteous God. Mm -hmm. That's all we can say to Him. He's a righteous, just God. Yeah. But God is love, and He has made a way for us to be redeemed through a perfect sacrifice. And then, then, like you mentioned, like we don't have any idea of perfection other than the fact that we have Christ, that we can look at who was perfect. Mm -hmm. and, and I think you put it really well, like the only way we can be perfect is through a perfect sacrifice, mm -hmm. and that is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so let's, let's talk about what did Jesus do. So Jesus came. Mm -hmm. He died on the cross. Mm -hmm. He was buried. Yeah. He was... He rose from the dead on the third day. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, like, like he came, lived a perfect life that we should live, mm -hmm. right? Not only to show an example for us, but also that perfect life was to be attributed to us in salvation, mm -hmm. right? And then he died, paid the wages. The wages of sin is death. He paid those wages on our behalf, mm -hmm. right? The word propitiation, which is like, you know, Jesus substituted on our behalf on that punishment, and He satisfied the wrath of God that was due upon us hmm. on the cross. And then He resurrected, defeating death and the sting of death, so that whosoever believes in Him will not also perish, but receive eternal life, right? right. So God's perfect Son fulfilled God's perfect requirement of God's perfect law. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's so important to, yeah. to know, like uh, the, the substitution, the propitiation for our sins, like, our sins were cast upon him mm -hmm. and God crushed him mm -hmm. on our behalf. But then the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Christ has been transferred Transfer to, to us. us. Yeah. And so when God now looks, at, looks us, at us, yeah. he sees us as holy mm -hmm. and blameless. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is the important thing to understand in terms of how the... The, the death of Christ on the cross works. Works, absolutely. He takes our sinfulness and we get yep. his righteousness. Yep. The great exchange, right? And that is the only way we can be in presence of holy God. Mm -hmm. That is the only way because in order to be in his presence, we have to be holy. Mm -hmm. Everything else will be destroyed. Mm -hmm. and, and so if, if it wasn't for Jesus, this perfect life attributed to us, we would not be any way in presence of him. Yeah. And so God not only forgave our sin, yes, He did, but He also made it possible for us to be able to be in His presence mm -hmm. by attributing His holiness to us. And so that, that is such a great thing, right? And Jesus had to die because He is the only one who can pay for the penalty of our sin because He is the only one who is perfect. Yeah, perfect again, sacrifice, again atonement. the wages of sin is yeah. death. There has to be, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, mm -hmm. there is no remission of sins. Yeah. Absolutely. There had to be mm -hmm. someone who paid mm -hmm. for it through mm -hmm. death, yep. and it's Christ. And we see the picture of that um, in the in the Old, Old Testament. Testament. It's yeah. just it's 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 almost like a mystery yeah. uh, where the perfect Lamb mm -hmm. that's been shed mm -hmm. for the for the price yeah. of our sins. Yeah. But here comes Christ, who mm -hmm. is the Lamb of God. Yeah. And you know, even the Old Testament, like you mentioned, right? Like the perfect Lamb, the Lamb were to be without blemish. And, mm -hmm. and, and it was just a picture of the perfect Lamb that was to come. Mm -hmm. And so whoever was to sacrifice for the, for the, uh, for the forgiveness of sinners had to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And only Jesus was mm -hmm. the one that would match that criteria. Mm -hmm. And so there will never be anyone like Him. There was never anyone like him, and there is no one like him. Mm. And so he is the only way. And the, one more thing that I want to add to that. Yeah. Um, you know, when we think about, um, when we think about on our account um, and trying to be uh, accepted by God, um, you know, when people try to earn their salvation, when they try to... Uh, 
make their good works outweigh the bad. Mm. There's some form of sacrifice that comes with that, right? Yeah. They, they give certain things up. They stop doing certain things. Mm. But um, the Bible says, sacrifice and offering thou did not desire. Um, my ears has thou opened burnt offering and, so and sin offering. How's that? How's that? I'm reading King James. Has mm -hmm. thou not required? In other words, God did not want us to offer him a sacrifice to make us right with him. Yeah. Right? The sacrifice that we only have is Christ. Any other sacrifice we try to present to him is not worthy. No. Um, for our forgiveness. Absolutely. For and our so, salvation. For our salvation. Yeah. So um, any other thing that we try to do to earn his favor mm -hmm. pales in comparison to the Absolutely. only sacrifice that Absolutely. he's provided, which is the Lamb of God, who is Christ Jesus. Yeah. And the beauty of that is that, you know, we have already been favored through that sacrifice in Christ alone. Mm -hmm. And so the, it just doesn't make sense looking at the scripture why would any Christian want to earn his favor when you've already been favored? Mm -hmm. And that's the result of us to worship him, sacrifice our body for worship, mm -hmm. right? Said that, so we, we've talked about why did Jesus need to die? Like, you know, the necessity of sin and the punishment of sin that, that needs, a, that the, the ways of sin is death required a perfect lamb to come and die for us, right? And that is Jesus who came and we're thankful that he did. Whom did Jesus die for? Now, this is the question. Now, I know like a generic answer, right? People, the first thing that they think about is like, yeah, Jesus died for everyone. Mm -hmm. That's the generic thought. Jesus died for the whole world. That's the generic thought. But did he though? And that's what I, that's what me and Detuan would like to attempt to answer through scripture today. Yeah, this, I think, um, this question is so vital in terms um, of understanding mm -hmm. the gospel. Mm -hmm. I think this question is so vital in terms of even just comfort mm -hmm. uh, through God's word mm -hmm. of when you share the gospel, when mm -hmm. you, you know, when you are successful and when you are unsuccessful and mm -hmm. when you have no clue whether you're successful or unsuccessful with it. No. Uh, I think this truth is, is very comforting, but it, um, but it's just it's just a central part of what we believe. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think like on just addition to what you just said, and I agree with both of them. It's also vital to understand who God is mm. and how He saves, mm. and and you know it, it just comes from His character that if He's perfect, then everything that He does is going to be perfect. Yeah. So whom did Jesus die for? Like how is His death going to be perfectly? applied all right so that's what that's what that's what we're going to discuss uh should i give the two viewpoints that are there before we dive into this how should we do this how do you want to approach this I, I i was going to approach by like there are two main viewpoints yeah. that people have in this and i was going to give the two viewpoints and then we could discuss or or do you have another yeah viewpoint? let's let's give that let's give that viewpoint okay. last right. um just you know before we we get very uh Mm, into it, with it. Okay. <laughs> let's just let's kind of start with the broad aspect and All kind right. of kind of hone in, hone in and zero in a little bit All more right. so the first like the bible describes the the children of god uh, uh, it gives us a lot of different names right yeah. um, and i think as you hear some of the different names you'll we'll get a little bit more focused in on the group of of the children of God. So the first one that I that I can think of is the lost. Okay. So Jesus came to die for the lost. Okay. Right. Um, and we can see that in. Um, let me see. So Luke nineteen, uh, which, by the way, is one of uh, Shatiza's favorite chapters. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. Uh, but Luke 19 verse 10 uh, Jesus said to him oh this is verse 9 Jesus said to him today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost hmm. 
So Jesus came to die for the lost. And I think most people won't disagree with that who no. are Christians. You know, no. that's, you know, but let's, let's go a little further. So yeah. Jesus came to save the lost. Uh, Jesus came to save the slave. Hmm. So, and we see a picture of that in Galatians, Galatians chapter four, um, uh, verse, really verse one through seven. I, I want to read those verses just because it gives you a nice big picture. Um, uh, starting at verse one, what am I saying? Is this as long as, as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until this time set by his father. So also when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the time, but when the set time had fully come, that right there actually kind of establishes some other theology we'll get to later. Mm -hmm. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. And here it is. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Mm -hmm. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So Jesus came to die for the slave. He came to die for the lost. He came to die for the slave. Next one. Um, Jesus came to die for the refugee. Hmm. Um, and there's a couple of different Bible verses with this. Um, let's start with uh, Psalms. Uh, so the book of Psalms. And chapter 28. So guys, I'm giving a lot of verses right here, but this is setting the tone for who Jesus died for. Mm -hmm. Psalm 28. Uh, looking at verses six, six through nine. Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. Hmm. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy. And with, with my song, I praise him. The Lord is the strength of his people, fortress of salvation for him for his anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance by the shepherd and carry them forever. Now, you guys did not hear the word refugee in there, uh, but let me go to the English Standard Version. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Um, in him my heart trusts and, and, I, and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is, he is the saving refuge of his anointed, O oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Mm. So the Lord is the refuge yeah. who takes refuge in ref who who goes to who goes to him for refuge, the refugee. Uh, let me read this one. This one might be a little bit better for some. They say, huh, that was that was a little weird. <laughs> I think I didn't I didn't get refugee. Um, Psalm 31, Psalm 31, uh, 19 through 20. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and work for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. In the cover of your presence, you hide them from the plots of men. You store them in your shelter from the strife of tongues. It's just like when you think of like refugees coming to the U.S., they come to us for shelter. They mm -hmm. come to us to hide from their country. Mm -hmm. So the, God provides refuge for the refugee. Okay. Um, Jesus died for the Jew and the Gentile. Jesus died for the Jew and the Gentile. Mm -hmm. So he died for the lost. He died for the slave. He died for the refugee. He died for the Jew and the Gentile. Mm -hmm. So the, the Jew, um, we all we know who that is, but the yeah. Gentile is everyone else. Yeah, um, the world. <laughs> the 
the world. Um, and so a good example of that, I guess, that maybe, uh, I don't know um, if I have time to kind of break that down, but we see that in Colossians 1. Um, so, and uh, really, I, I like the, the verses in, in, in chapter 1, verses uh, 26, starting at verse 26. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all, the, with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Hmm. So Paul is saying that the mystery uh, of salvation is not just for the Jew, but also for the Gentile. This mystery has been revealed. Remember, um, I think, was it, was, it, uh, was it Peter or was it Paul um, who was preaching to the Jews? And when he said also that, that salvation was brought to the Gentiles, at that point when they heard that, they didn't want to hear it anymore. Uh, was that was that Peter or was that Paul? I think it was Paul. Was in it? Acts. I just had it in my sermon a few weeks ago. Yeah. I forgot which one was. I think it's Acts twenty three somewhere around there. But I think it was Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. one of the big one of the big things uh, in terms of the Gentile, they they needed to be circumcised. They needed to fall mm -hmm. under this fall under the law, um, and really the the Jews looked at themselves as superior yeah. to every other every other nation. Mm -hmm. But the mystery that was hid hidden has been revealed through Christ that there's no more Jew, mm -hmm. no more Gentile, no more Greek mm -hmm. or no more Greek mm -hmm. or Gentile, barbarian, barbarian or Scythian. There's, there's none of that. Yeah. Christ unifies all. Yeah. So Jesus not only died for the Jew, but he's yeah. also died for the Gentile. For the Gentile and we see that all the time. Like I'm going through Matthew, and, and we see like Jesus marvel in the faith of centurion, a Gentile. Hmm. We see him being like we see the faithfulness of Gentiles much more than the Jews. In fact, in the Gospels, many a times, hmm. and in Romans 1:16, like the gospel is the power of God for salvation for the Jews and for the Greeks. What about what about Jesus' lineage? When hmm. we look at Jesus' lineage. Um, were there some Gentiles, Gentiles in it. a part of his lineage? Right. And the answer is yes. Yeah. So it wasn't just Jews, because uh, look at the look at Judah. Out of Judah, uh, Judah laid with Canaanite women. Yeah. And out of that same lineage came Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, often we think that, you know, Jesus started ministering to, or God started ministering to Gentiles in the New Testament. But even in Old Testament, it's clear that his intention was always to reach out to the whole world. Right. And to add the promise to Abraham, through you all nations will be blessed. Not mm. only Israel, all nations. To Moses, uh, or, or to the Pharaoh, God is saying, that, you know, I'm doing all this so that people in Egypt may know that I am the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so his intention was always to reach out to the all the nations, not mm. just to the Jews, but he used the Jews, he chose the Jews to make himself known to mm. the rest of the world. So when we see the relationship with God and Israel, the covenant between God and Israel, we can see that this is the true Lord yeah. and Savior. All right. And so, so, so we have the lost, mm -hmm. we have the slave, slave, we have the refugees, we have the Jew Jews and the Gentile. And Gentiles. Yep. And so based on this, right? So, mm -hmm. so Jetswan just gave us plenty of verses. That, that talks about the list of people that Jesus came to save, right? We got mm -hmm. the lost, we have the slave, we have the refugees, we have the Jews and Gentiles. Now, based on this broad uh, idea that we have gotten, we want to approach to whom did Jesus 
dive around this. Now that this is a broad example, right? Like because wait, you, I'm I'm still narrowing it. You're down. still narrowing down. I'm okay, I didn't know you were narrowing you're it still down. down. Okay, go for it. You're like okay, Daytona, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't know you were done or not. Sorry, man. Sometimes I can be a little long winded. So, the next people mm-hmm. that I want to talk about is the sheep. All right. So you feel like getting it a little bit more narrow? <laughs> yep. Okay, so the sheep. Christ came to die for the sheep. So I, I'm going I'm to read something from the Old Testament, and then I'm going to read something from the New Testament that really gets to it. And I feel like now I'm taking too long. So, But, but I want to read this from the Old Testament because it, it really, uh, it, it just really highlights it, Okay. Uh, starting at verse eight, as I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd. And because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feet. They're feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from Mm. their mouths that they may not be food from them. But it gets better, guys. Uh, For thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered. So I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them. Mm from all places where they have been scattered on a day of cloud, of clouds and thick darkness. Uh, and then I'm gonna jump down really quick to verse 31 of that same chapter. And you are my sheep, human sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. Mm. Now, let me, let me jump to the New Testament, and this is the one that most people know, right? John so, 10. John 10, you know it. So John 10, um, verses 15 and 16. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, Mm -hmm. and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is fulfilling this thing in in Ezekiel. And look at verse 26 and verse 27. Um, But you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. Mm. Mm. My sheep hear my voice and I know them them. and they follow me. Mm. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them Mm. out of my hand. So here we go. Who did Jesus die for? The sheep. sheep. Uh, his so sheep. I understand now I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to mm. filter it down and narrow it down. So so from the lost to the slave to the refugees to the Jews and Gentiles, we're coming to the sheep. We come to the sheep. Yep. Yep. And in this same discourse, as Jesus is saying all this, he says, You do not believe because you are not, not my, my sheep. sheep. Yep. Yep. So and there's two groups of people. There's yeah. the ones who are the sheep. Mm-hmm. And there are the ones who are not right. the sheep, a.k.a. Right. the goats. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yep, I, and I, that's, what, that's what I was going to conclude too. So you went on that conclusion of John 10. That's what I was going to conclude. That's not but, where I conclude. What's that? I got oh, yeah. one more. All right, go for it. One more. Go for it. And this is the last one. All right, this this is, is the last one. All right, let's do it. And this will set you up for, the, yeah. for that discussion. So Jesus came to die for the elect. Yeah. All right, guys, if you're still tuning in, I know that was a lot of verses, but some of you haven't even read your Bible yet this week. So (laughs) with that being said, I gave you a lot to chew on. But here we go. Mark, starting in the book of Mark. Look at this. Chapter 13. Chapter 13, verses, uh, verse 19. Look at this. For, and this is talking about the end time. But I love this, though, uh, because here we have Jesus using a word that most people that are Christians do not like to use. Mm. So it says, for in those days there will be such tribulation as he has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created. 
that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. Mm. Mm. So, and, and reading that, let me jump down to verse 27. Uh, and then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Okay, so Jesus saving the elect. All right. And obviously, this is the one that makes it a little bit more clear. Uh, which book do you think I'm going to go to? John or Ephesians? Ephesians. <laughs> Ephesians. All right, last one. Here it is. Verse 4 and 5 of chapter 1. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us for adoption mm -hmm. as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So Jesus came to die for the lost. He came to die for the slave. He came to die for the refugee. He came to die for the Jew and the Gentile. He came to die for the sheep. sheep. He came to die for, for the, the elect. elect. Right. So from there, yep. uh, we've narrowed in who he has died mm -hmm. for. Now there's two groups yeah. of thought with this. Right. Now I'm gonna let you take the floor with that. <laughs> yep. And so I think I think we got we've already hinted where we are going to go with this. But I want to explain where where these two thoughts come from, and I want to explain why one thought is more consistent scripturally than the other one. All right. So the two main viewpoints that comes with it. The first view believes that Jesus died for everyone. Everyone who has lived, who lives, and who will live in the future, Jesus died for them. Now, the theological term here is unlimited atonement. Mm -hmm. uh, so many of our fellow brothers and sisters that are from Armenian theology, they hold to this position that Jesus died for everyone. They but do believe that Jesus died for everyone, but it's only effective to those who believe. Mm. So let's, let's be honest, they are not a universalist. There's a whole different group of universal who believe that eventually everyone's going to be saved. All roads lead to the same way and stuff like that. That's not, that's not what Armenian theology is. So I want to give them good credit. They believe that Jesus died for everyone. It's sufficient for all, but it's only effective for some. Right, so those who believe in him will get the benefits. The second group of believers believe that Jesus died only for the elect. Only for the sheep, only for the believers, for the church. Now, the theological term is limited atonement. Mm -hmm. right? Our, I mean, I know the word limited has a negative connotation, so I, I like how R.C. Sproul and Ligonier, they came up with their own uh, term with this, which I think is a better term, is definite atonement. Mm. That whoever Jesus died will definitely be saved. Mm -hmm. So they call that a definite atonement. Many of our fellow brothers and sisters that are Calvinist and those that hold to Reformed theology hold to this position. Mm -hmm. So when we think about it, when we unpack this, right? So unlimited atonement believes that Jesus died for all, but only those that respond with faith will benefit from it. So the Jesus died for all, it's there. Mm -hmm. Now it's up to you. It comes back to you. Mm -hmm. So basic explanation is John is just is just death is sufficient for all, but only effective towards those who respond with faith. Mm -hmm. And the verse that people use all the time, and I've, every single time I've had this conversation with people, this is how this is the verse that I've always heard. And so if there's others, I don't know, but this is the verse that bring that people bring all the time. It's First John chapter two verse two. The, what does it say? Over here it says, "He is the propitiation." For our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Uh, so this is the verse that is in question all the time. That that this is the verse that that is the cream de la cream verse of unlimited atonement. Hmm. Now, I think this verse is taken out of context or out of is is misinterpreted because of the word propitiation in that verse. The word propitiation in 1 John 2, 2, what does it mean? Like we already talked about, it's about Jesus taking our satisfying wrath of God that our sin deserves. And so it removes the enmity between us and God, mm -hmm. right? So if Jesus died for propitiation for our sins, 
and not only for ours, only for the whole world. That means that he satisfied the wrath of God for the whole world. Mm-hmm. And so if we believe, if we take that route that you know, Jesus died for the whole world and based on this verse, then we have to come to agreement Jesus satisfied the wrath of the sins of whole worlds. So it takes us to the whole universalist idea mm. that everyone is going to be saved. Jesus died for everyone. Every wrath is already, already satisfied. I don't think that's what this verse means. When it says Jesus died for the whole world, I think it goes back to what you mentioned, Jesus died for the Jews and the Gentiles because the world has different meanings in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It talks about sinful people. It talks about unbelievers. But for the Jews, the world was also the rest of the nations, mm-hmm. Gentiles. Yeah. So I think it goes back to that verse when we look at it consistently, John is writing to the Jews. So he's saying Jesus not only died for us, but he also died for all the nations, people of all the nations. When we talk about like that Jesus saved the lost, we're not talking Jesus saved everyone who's lost. Mm-hmm. Even Armenians believe that, even Calvinists believe that. Mm-hmm. Right? Even Armenians, they know that Jesus didn't die for everyone, every lost, only for those that believe. Mm-hmm. Right? When we say Jesus died for the slave, he didn't die for every slave. Right? So there is limitation in there yeah. itself. So we cannot use this verse to say that, you know, oh, just because it says Jesus he died for the whole world. He died for everyone. Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, the other part to that is that, uh, you know, man's free will, right? Yeah. You know, in the Bible, the Bible is not, I don't see in the Bible where God is against man's will. No. In, in the sense that man doesn't have free will. Yeah. Like, we, we are still responsible mm-hmm. uh, for our actions. God will hold us accountable yeah. for our actions. And I like in, in Romans um, how this whole issue is tackled with man's free will and then, you know, the, the sovereignty of God, right? So in, in Romans, you see how every man has the law written on his heart, so he's still guilty, yeah. right? So um, even if he doesn't know the law, he's still guilty before God. Romans opens up with how you can look around and see that God exists because he has made himself known. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so man is without excuse. Then you get further into Romans when we start talking about God making us. Mm-hmm. And God has created vessels of wrath mm-hmm. and vessels of honor. Mm-hmm. And so then the whole question then comes... Uh, Well, if God has made us vessels of wrath, how can he be upset with us for being vessels of wrath and destroy us? Mm -hmm. And Paul gives the answer (laughs) that makes your flesh turn. Basically, he says, who are you to say anything to God Mm -hmm. for who you are? Mm -hmm. Like that answer is so unsatisfying because that it's almost like, well, I got my trump card. Mm To say like, well, God, if you have made us and we're going to be destroyed, then why do you find fault? Mm -hmm. I am a product of your own doing. And Paul just says, who are you to say anything to God? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the Arminian viewpoint also has this idea where they lean so much on man's free will. Yeah. that they kind of ignore these verses. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they do. And, and, and you know, like, and I think, I don't think it's consistent with the rest of the scripture. I think, I think the two passages that you read from Old Testament and the book of John 10, and that, that automatically for me defines it, mm-hmm. right? So let me, let me present the other view that, that we are defending, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which is, would be the Calvinist or Reformed view. I'd call it the more biblical view is, do we believe that Jesus' death is sufficient to save everyone? Absolutely. But not everyone is saved. So the reason is not based on us, but the reason is based on God's grace. And, and, and yes, we have the responsibility, but we have to understand that responsibility is fulfilled due to intervention of God's grace. And say that, the reason why I say this is because Jesus' death is not going to go to vain. Whoever he died for will be redeemed. Not even a single drop of his blood is going to go to vain. And to do that, I want to direct our thoughts to, again, back to John 10, in, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
you read that verse again, like when Jesus saw these people not believing in him, he said that you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. Mm-hmm. So when you compare those two questions, those two verses with each other and be consistent, you know that you know, people that do not believe are not his sheep. Mm-hmm. And people who do believe are the people that Jesus died for. I laid down my life for the sheep, mm-hmm. right? And so it, it just narrows it down. Like I think you did a great job into like, you know, broadening it and narrowing it down to, to the fact that, you know, Jesus' death is for the sheep and for the elect only. And so, so what you're saying is, I didn't waste time by going. You did, <laughs> you did not. You did not. I at first, I was, I was trying to think about how did you, how, what, where, where you headed with this. But, but when you mentioned the last two point, I knew, I, I knew what, where yeah. you were going with this, and and I think that helps us. You know, like there is a broader way to think that you know Jesus died for the lost slave, refuses Jews and Gentiles. But we also know that because Jesus' death is going to be definite, none of what God has performed in Jesus' work is going to go to vent. Not even a single drop of his blood is going to go to vent. Yeah. Because when we think about the Armenians, one, like, you know, Jesus died for all, sufficient for all, and but only who believe will take it, then the rest of them is going to go to vent. But when we look at it in the scriptural way, Jesus, he's going to die for his sheep. Every single person that Jesus died for will be redeemed because his death is not going to go to vent. Yeah, and I think when you, when you actually look at Scripture um, in terms of people coming to salvation, like you have, you, have to, you have to see that element where God is the initiator. Mm-hmm. You have to see that element. Like when Abraham, so we say, okay, look at Abraham, right? With Abraham, God is the one that spoke to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Get out of, the, mm-hmm. out of your country and go mm-hmm. to a place that I will show mm-hmm. you of, right? Like God has, is always, always the one who mm-hmm. initiates. Yeah. Even like before Abraham, Adam and Eve, right? They mm-hmm. sinned. Who came to them? They didn't go to God. Mm-hmm. God had to come to them. Mm-hmm. And, and that has been the case. God has been relentlessly chasing after his people. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, like, like I think the biggest storm that we have to really address or we have to really comfort our heart or we have to really like agree upon when we read the scripture is that salvation belongs to God. Mm-hmm. And he chooses to give to whom he desires. And, 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 and here's, here's where I want to go with this, right? Because whenever we hear this, oh, how can God do this? How can God do that? But as a believer, this should humble us, right? That, that we are recipient of God's grace. Mm-hmm. That's the first one I would say. The second one is that, you know, we do not pre-screen people like, hey, this is an elect, this is not elect. Like, like, again, like, you know, we are not, we're not private investigators, right? Mm-hmm. We're the ambassadors of God. We share the gospel. The gospel call is for everyone. We call people to repent and put their faith and trust in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we rest in God's sovereignty, which is going to give us the comfort. I think you were mentioning that in the beginning. So tell us about the comfort this gives when sharing the gospel. Yeah, I mean... Uh, man, I have some pretty funny, <laughs> silly backstories in terms yeah. of trying to share the gospel with people, thinking it's all based upon who I am, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, you try the the rah rah, where it's like you try to get people super excited mm-hmm. about the truth because you feel if you know because you're excited, and um, the the only way that they will really accept them if you're excited or you try to go the super, super emotional route, you know, play upon man's emotions to get him to receive the truth. And, um, you know, when it doesn't go the way you want, you kind of despair, you know, because, you know, maybe I wasn't emotional enough, or maybe I wasn't uh, excited enough yeah. or or whatever the reason is like you lament over the fact that the gospel didn't work mm-hmm. because of you right um, and so um, the comfort that comes from the view of uh, election is that uh, when you do not compromise the truth you don't have to you don't have to dress a certain way. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look a certain way or, or any of that. It's not based upon you. The seed is the seed. Yeah. And so when you share the gospel, 
you just go out spreading it. You right. spread the seed. It falls on stony ground. It falls on uh, ground with thorns. It falls on um, uh, good ground, good soil. And so, uh, and God is the one who gives the increase to the seeds. Absolutely. And so when you share the gospel, the ones who believe the gospel are the ones God has elected to believe mm -hmm. the gospel. Yeah. You don't have to do this huge firework explosion yeah. display or this super emotional, moody vibe to get people to believe the gospel. Yeah. The power of the gospel is in the truth of God. It's just what it is. It's just we are sinners. Christ came to die. He's sufficient for paying for our debt. Mm -hmm. He rose from the dead. Yeah. You put your faith and trust and believe. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. And and the comfort in this is that, you know, like like you mentioned, the harvest is dependent on God. Yeah. And so we rest on his sovereignty and, and that gives us like imagine the burden that you would have if it was upon you. Yeah. Right? Imagine the burden of the world that you have. And that's what that's how people raise funds for missions sometimes. Is they're just burdening people. Yeah. As if it's upon our messes. Yeah. We're just the messengers. And and we, yeah, we are to faithfully share the gospel and take it to the nations because we are commanded to do so. Yeah. And we are commanded to let the whole world know about Jesus. And, but it's not up to us for the fruit. It is God who gives the fruit. Mm. We, we just faithfully obey His command. Yeah. Right? And, and you know, this the, the whole your conversation reminded me of like Paul when he wrote the uh, letter to Philippians. In, in uh, chapter 1, he says, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, mm. but others from goodwill. The mm. latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Mm. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So what, what, what Paul is saying is that these guys are not saying false gospel. They're saying true gospel, but with wrong intention. Mm -hmm. And no matter what, Paul is able to rejoice because Christ is proclaimed, and God is the one who is going to bring the harvest. Mm -hmm. It's not these people. So regardless of their intention, God is able to bring fruit even out of the wrong intention of people. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that we should go with the wrong intention. It's better to go with the right intention, to bring glory to God, to share the gospel so that his elect might believe in him. Yeah, and, and I mean, that just that goes again to show you the power of the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can do all these you can do all these th emotional things and have no fruit. Yeah. And and still people might believe, yeah. you know, absolutely. but even the other the other extreme where, like you said, they're preaching it out of envy and all of this, and God still will save people even through that. But the, the essential thing is the gospel is the power mm -hmm. unto salvation. Yeah. It's not all this extra stuff that we do yeah, or we absolutely. try to add to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And do we believe that? Because if we do, then, then we will understand that the gospel is the only true solution to this corrupt world. Yeah. In a sinful world, right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just so struck though. Again, like when you, when you look through the scriptures, you see God as the, the one who initiates it, and He goes after them. Like when I mentioned uh, this, you know, in in, uh, in Luke, um, with the story of Zacchaeus, yeah. you know, here it is through the crowd. He's just trying to, he's just trying to see, but Jesus comes right to the tree. Mm -hmm and says, come down, I'm mm -hmm. going to your house. Mm -hmm. Jesus went and got him. Mm -hmm. With the disciples, Jesus went and mm -hmm. found the disciples. Mm -hmm. With Paul, Paul was on the road to Damascus to go persecute Christians, right. and Jesus stops mm -hmm. him. This, you know, the same thing like uh, with Philip and the, the Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah. Like he's in there reading the scriptures, yeah. but God sends Philip mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. You know, and so mm -hmm. in the same way, like with, you know, with missionaries, God sends Saints. these people yeah. to go preach yeah. the gospel. That's what he says, right? Like pray earnestly that God of harvest would send deliverers. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. Jesus thought he's the one who's sending, right? He's the one. And even Zacchaeus, right? Like, like we have to understand what when we 
receive salvation, it's an impossible work. Mm -hmm. It is not possible for us to go to God ourselves because of our sinfulness. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that. But yet in Zacchaeus' story, Luke 19, even right before that in Luke 18, if you read it, it tells in the end that what is impossible with man is possible with God. Mm. And so the fact that we are able to respond with our faith and respond with, with, with our trust to God has been made possible by God. Mm -hmm. And so we have to come into the realm that, that it is, and it's not only in one part of the scripture, right? It's all over all the scripture. Over. And over. once you start to see it, that this, it, this becomes like a hidden treasure that you start to, you start to grasp it again and again. And like, like when, when Peter said that, you know, you are Christ Jesus. How did he say that? Right after Jesus said, it is God who revealed this to you. Right. 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 And, I mean, like even in the bare sense of like someone um, choosing from the Arminian viewpoint, yeah. right? Someone choosing God, mm -hmm. you're still negating the fact that God sent the preacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Romans, in a simple sense, yeah. Romans, uh, what is it? Romans 10. How do you know? Memorize. How do you know? I have it memorized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> memorize the scripture, guys. Okay. Verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, well, look at this. Mm -hmm. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? Okay. And how are they to believe in him? of whom they have never heard? Mm -hmm. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? preaching. And how are they to preach mm -hmm. unless they are sent? Mm -hmm. So even... And then, and then uh, this, in that, there's a really good verse of 7. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Yes. I always have to end that with that <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why. So, so even the ones who, in the Arminian viewpoint, choose to believe, God had to first send the mm -hmm. preacher. Mm -hmm. So even out of that preaching, in that group, still there are some who will believe yeah. and some who won't believe. Mm -hmm. And like the same version of that that I think of is in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. All those who were appointed, appointed. to believe, mm -hmm. believed. believed. Yeah. So, you know, when we look at who Jesus died for, mm -hmm. Jesus came to die for the sheep, mm -hmm. not for the goats. Yeah. Oh wow, that's so good. That's a good way to put it. That will that will preach. That will preach. I, I want to, I want to summarize this right, like in, in one verse that that is a bit unusual, but I think it helps us with this thing. Mm -hmm. When Jesus was giving his not Jesus, when Paul was giving how we husbands should act, mm -hmm. in in Ephesians five verse twenty five, he gives us who did Jesus die for too, husbands. Mm -hmm. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Mm -hmm. Right? So Jesus, who is the sheep? Who is the elect? They are the church. Mm. The gathering of believers. Yeah. The believers is whom did whom Jesus died for. Absolutely. And so it's it's very so for me, because of the perfection of God, I like when we really grasped into it to say mm -hmm. that Jesus died for everyone does not make sense. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. So like a word of, again, a word of encouragement for those mm -hmm. who share the gospel, you know, and maybe you've been sharing the gospel um, with someone for a long time, you know, and they haven't believed yet. Mm -hmm. uh, do not, don't, don't be in despair. Yeah. Because if God is going to save them, God will save them. God will. Mm -hmm. You know, you just be faithful to yeah. the command that God has mm -hmm. given. And don't stop sharing either. Don't think that, oh, this might not be an elect. Like, we don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, people can hear, like my, my, I know my, my father heard the gospel for three years. Hmm. And, and it was the same guy reaching out to him and pouring into him. But after three years, somehow God poured his grace and, and you know, it, it, it just, he, he, his blind eyes were opened. And so you never know when God is going to do his work. Mm -hmm. Our job is to be the messengers, ambassadors. Mm -hmm. And so let's be a faithful ambassador. This is for the, like, like what Ditwan said earlier, this is for the comfort of believers to understand whom Jesus died for will be saved. Mm -hmm. uh, this is for us to really, in, in fact, this is for us to really praise him for what he has done to our life for mm -hmm. believers. But this is not to, for us to really like play Sherlock Holmes with God and decide like who's the elect or who's not. There's nowhere in the scripture that says that. Right. And so let's yeah. not let's not 
add on to this. Yeah. But, but like like Jitwan said, let's not be despaired also when, when someone is not saved. Yeah, like one, one thing that you mentioned was God gives the increase. And, and the Bible uses the example of someone planting the seed, mm-hmm. someone coming along to water the seed, mm-hmm. but God is the one that gives that mm-hmm. increase to it. Yeah. So you might be the one who shares the gospel with someone that you may never, ever see again. Uh, but when you get to heaven, there will be someone uh, in heaven that is there based, you know, based upon God's election. Yeah. But you took part in their salvation by sharing the gospel with yeah. them. Um, and, and how blessed it will be that will be. So don't despair. Like there's just some people you share the gospel with that you never you don't know that they right. will end up being saved. Right. Right, right, right. You know, because I know like a lot of times when we share the gospel, we want someone to right then and there yeah. make that decision. That's a decision yeah. Like today is the day <laughs> and it is yeah. today is the day to be saved. Like yeah. if you hear his voice, yeah. like. You know, don't harden your heart. But right. we get so caught up in thinking that we we don't have fruit mm-hmm. or we don't see as much fruit as we like mm-hmm. because they don't make that declaration yeah. that yeah. day. But you might just be planting the seed and yeah. someone else has to come along and water it. And then God gives that increase. Yeah. I think it was many years after John Wesley, a missionary to India, he went and proclaimed the gospel when he f- saw his first convert. Mm. And he's looked upon as one of the greatest missionary and so you know fruit is not dependent on us Mm. god faithfulness we faithfully we faithfully proclaim the gospel and we rest on god's sovereignty like even think about paul right paul is still bearing fruit yeah because like the fruit is something that's eternal this isn't the fruit is not something that is just temporary yeah, absolutely right so here we are reading scripture and things from paul the the sacrifices that paul did is still bearing fruit mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. one thing too to mm-hmm. encourage you in this pursuit of running this right. race like right. even when you get tired know that you're not laboring in vain and that the fruit that you will bear will continue mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. and you know one of the like like I know this could be a whole new podcast, but I just want to ask to touch on this because one of the greatest like dilemma that people have with Calvinism, first view, like like our views, is that you know first one I think you already addressed is that we don't believe in free will. No, we do think there is free will, mm-hmm. but we just think that in our free will we are only going to choose sin because it's distorted by sin, and and so and there's th- verses to support that. There's plenty <laughs> of verses to support that, yeah. right? And the second one is that you know, if God is going to redeem his people, then why do we need to share the gospel? And so, again, that's a very faulty thought, but that's the question that people have, right? If God is going to save his people, then why do we need to share the gospel? Well, the first that thing that comes to my mind is gospel is the means. And you read that in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ is the means through which God is saving his people mm-hmm. it is the only means mm-hmm. and it is through the words of the gospel that god said it is the, the gospel that is a power of god for salvation right so so it it kind of like you know there's, there's a whole group of people that think that you know what is it preach the gospel all the time if necessary use words and, and uh, it just rubs uh, me up in a whole uh, different <laughs> way yeah it does because you know i'm, I'm a, come from a very poor country and i i know what good works i've seen good works of christians but I'll tell you what, none of those good works really lead, led me to Christ. It got me curious, but it didn't lead me to Christ at all. It was the words of the gospel that became, that, that, that the Holy Spirit used to convert my dead heart to bring it to himself. Sure. So when people use that, it just rubs me up in a whole different way. You have to, if there is no word, there is no gospel, to be honest. Right. Why? Because God chose it that way. He's, right. It's his medium, not ours, right? Said that, uh, why do we need to share the gospel like when, if God is going to redeem? Now, that is, again, with the mindset that if we don't share the gospel, God is not going to save his people. That's the mindset that people have, mm. right? But if we don't share the gospel, God is going to save his people through other means, through other people. Mm-hmm. Now, not other means, but through other people. It's going to be the same. Yeah, you just won't be part of it. You just won't be part of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that I think that comes from a very faulty thought that, that oh, Calvinists, they, don't, they devalue Great Commission. No, we don't devalue it. We actually put it in. As it is. It is the command of God and we faithfully proclaim it. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that Spurgeon said, uh, he would, you know, why why do you preach to everyone? 
uh, and well, I preach to everyone because I don't know who the elect is. Mm -hmm. If I knew who the elect were, that those would be the only people I preach to. Mm -hmm. You know, and we Absolutely. don't we don't know we who don't. the elect are, so we preach to everyone. Yeah, we don't. And and you know, like like Revelation seven, like people from different tribes and nations. Like mm -hmm. we know that there will be someone from every tribe and every nation, right? So mm -hmm. we take the gospel to all the nations. Yeah, and it's been commanded, and we know that. Not maybe not everyone, but some will believe mm -hmm. that he has elect from every nation and every tribe. And so we, we, we faithfully proclaim the gospel to everyone. We call them to repentance and 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 to us to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, knowing that those whom God chooses to save, those whom Jesus died for will be saved. Mm. And that's the comfort we have. That's the comfort we have. I don't think I have anything else to say on this. Amen. I, I agree. All right. All right, guys. So said that. Thank you for tuning with us. And like our, our, our encouragement to you is may this comfort you and may this also uh, lead you towards faithfully preaching the gospel because hmm. it is the power of God for salvation for all. Amen. All right. And we'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace. I was waiting for you to say <laughs> peace. So that's why I was like. <laughs>